go. <laughs> Sorry, there's a very, uh, there's a real contrast between that last song and that moment right there. So it takes a while for my brain to kind of go between the two. But um, uh, that song, it's really not in the message, but what a perfectly placed song. But I'm Mark. What's up? Everybody online, everybody here in person. I'm Mark. Uh, I'm glad you were here, especially this is your first time. Welcome to South Point, man. Um, I think we got something for you today. So I hope you enjoy. But that song, like it's, there's an old, the, the original, like it is well, it's like, it's, it's an ancient one. It's, it goes back a long, 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 long time. When I was a kid, I remember hearing that song and I didn't really care about it back then, but um, you're Michigan people, right? And so Michigan people love their water, right? Because that's what you got. You got water, right? And so it's a water song. So it, it's about waves, right? There's waves. And, and you're, when you're in these massive waves, you can be in the middle of these massive waves being afraid because you think you're going to capsize, you're going to die, right? You're going to drown. So these waves that are surrounding you create fear because you think the waves dictate your future, right? And we all have that with life. The guy who wrote this song was in the middle of that in his life. Wouldn't it be amazing if even though you were in the middle of massive waves in life, you could still confidently say that phrase that's repeated over and over in that song, like a centering song? It is well. Like it's well with my soul. Sometimes we don't think it's possible. Once we get past this wave, maybe, once we get rid of, once they calm, but it doesn't say that. I, I th- we just, man, we just notice all the differences between us. Like you, you're probably here thinking you're different than everybody and you look at all the people and they're this and they're that. You know, you look at the outside stuff that we can see or the bank accounts or what we do, where we're from. And we just see that we're different. A song is a reminder that, no, we're not, man. We are so much alike, it's scary because every single one of us has waves, you know? And we get afraid, we get angry, we get whatever, and we, man, we really think the things around us determine who we are in our future, and, and we get caught up, and we just get scared, and we don't know what to do. And this series, what a perfect, again, it's a song for this series because this series is called Um, right? This We've all been in this moment. I bet some of you right now are in an um moment. Like those moments in life where you either like physically say out loud or in your brain, you're saying, um, <laughs> I got no clue what to do right now. You know, I'm in there so many times. Like, I just don't know what to do right now. And we look back in those moments in our lives. And if we're honest, we know that we have made some very bad decisions that whether maybe in the moment other people were causing pain, but we made decisions that definitely caused pain in our lives and others. We wish we could go back and change those decisions. Sometimes we wish we can get rid of um moments, but what we've learned so far in this series is we can't get, really, can't get rid of um moments. All of them, they come, right? It's okay to have some um moments in life to not know what to do. But maybe, just maybe, we can be better prepared for them the next time they come. Maybe, just maybe, we don't have to repeat what we've done in the past. Maybe there's a better way to respond, be prepared, and in the moment to make wiser decisions that lead to less pain, more life, (laughs) less death. Because I bet if you keep doing the same old thing that you've been doing, you might get the same things, but we're wanting different results. Maybe there's something better. Maybe there's something different. And that's what this series is. We really want... 
better for you. And I mean, because I think all of us would say, man, these moments, I just don't know what to do. I don't even know how to figure out what to do. So step one, week one, we said was pause and admit my need for help. Like in the moment, like literally pause because don't send the email, don't say the word, don't react, don't, don't do that, white, that. In the moment, just pause for a second, pause. And in the pause, admit that I need help. It's okay, you need help. Week two, we're learning to seek wisdom, not just more knowledge, not just a solution, more solutions to the, to the, to the thing that I'm facing this very moment. Because if we get too focused on this very moment, I oftentimes just make bad decisions. And that's not what wisdom is. Wisdom protects. Wisdom keeps the future in focus. Wisdom gives me a better way. So, don't, so go after wisdom. If you missed any of those messages, I really encourage you to go back and watch them online or listen to the podcast because they really build upon each other. And that's what leads us to today. And to kind of this topic of today, I got to I just wrapped myself out a little bit. When my oldest son, Kern, was, uh, he got his first phone. I think he was like 16. And he got, you know, this is predates Apple kind of phones. He's got like a, we would call them dumb phones, right? Or whatever they're called, not smartphones, just a phone. And um, he got this phone. And so I don't remember if it was when we gave it to him or soon after. Anyways, we, we established this rule, like, hey, no phone calls after 9 p.m., right? Whatever, we made this kind of rule, no, no phone calls of 9, 9 p.m. And then at some point, I don't remember how quickly it was, but it's at some point he said, he began to question the rule, like, wait a minute. So I can make a phone call at 8.58, but I can't make a phone call at 9.04? I'm like, well, that's what the rule is, right? Duh. <laughs> so uh, like, well, why, Dad? And, you know, not being a jerk about it, he was honestly asking a question. And, you know, I had a, I, well, because you don't need to be talking till midnight with some girl, Right? You don't want to be on your phone all day long. Get a life, right? I don't want this phone to control you. There is no reason for you to be alone in your room and this girl to be alone in her room. And you just like, I, all of these thoughts are going through my head of like, well, but, but why 9 p.m.? I mean, I, I didn't really have a, why 9 p.m.? So I had an option. I could say, well, because I said so, <laughs> right? Well, because I said so. I could like, ah, forget it. No rules. Who cares? Do whatever, right? Or I can maybe say, I don't know. Let me get back to you on that. That option's in the moment, right? And I know this may sound silly, but that was an um moment for me. I didn't know what to do. My kids were growing up and all these, wait a minute, my rules were good. Here's what I did. So just rules, I, I gotta, we gotta play around with this. We gotta have some fun. So mom, dad's parents, kids are gonna be like, dude, yes, you're speaking to me, man. Like take this parents, be careful. I'm just telling you right now, kids, be careful. Because this is very much to you as well, okay? So I'm just saving you for some grief, all right? I went online just to see some of our, so we can bask in our collective wisdom, okay? Some of the rules that we have established to make the world a much better place, okay? So let's enjoy some of our collective wisdom. Here's one that I found. No running around the house with your feet covered in yogurt. It's a rule. Somebody established. Moms, dad, you know exactly what was happening in that house when that moment and that rule was established. <laughs> there was a kid running around with their feet covered in yogurt. Anyways, here's another one that was like, oh, yeah, no milking the dog. <laughs> we needed a rule for that, yeah. And then sub point A was no making your little brother taste dog milk. <laughs> oh, here's another one. Don't slowly sink down into the toilet. <laughs> When you're done going potty, call for mom or wipe yourself and get up. 
We needed a rule for that. Yeah, that was a rule established. Uh, don't ride in the car with the window down. You could get face paralysis. That's why some guy, some person invented the little lock button on the windows now, you know, because <laughs> they stopped turning the window. Anyways, um, and they made a rule about it. And then here's the final one. And I, I don't know if you've ever said this or not, but you're grounded for the rest of your life. Done. Yep. That's the rule. All right. Checkmate. Beat me now. You know, like rules. How can the world not be a better place? How can our kids not have every answer and be wiser for all, all of the wisdom that we have placed with our rules? I'm tongue-in-cheek kind of playing with you because, yes, am I saying throw out rules? No, I promise I'm not. However, we, we got to be honest, sometimes our rules don't really point in the right direction. Sometimes our rules can be pretty selfish, and it's just to make my life more convenient and easy. Sometimes our rules are just dumb. <laughs> Sometimes when we go through step one and step two, like maybe we pause and we meet them in need for help. I got some wisdom. What do we do when I've got this wisdom with this? What do I do now? Sometimes our go-to is just to make a rule. Maybe there's a better way. Okay. So we got to be honest about, hey, maybe we got something to learn here. Um, last week, we talked about wisdom, and wisdom focuses on the future. It allows us to see the future destination, because if I'm too stuck today in this one thing that I'm, or this thing that I'm in, this waves, these things, I can make some really bad decisions, and it won't get me to where I would like to be, my future, where I would love to see. My future self would look back at my current self and say, dummy, don't do that anymore, right? So wisdom allows us to focus on you know, the future destination, and it helps us make wiser decisions today. So here's another thing. Like, uh, the, so we've, we've seen wisdom over the last few weeks. Jesus wants the same thing, and here's how he said it in John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. I come that they may have life, and what kind of life? Go ahead and say it. Yeah, like abundant life. Would you want that? I bet you'd say yes, right? Let me ask you another question. Um, do you believe? Do you believe him? And, and I'll be honest, I, got, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know you personally, so please don't, I mean, take it personally, but don't take it too personally. Like, I, I, it's easy, especially as Christians, to say, oh yeah, Jesus, oh yeah, Jesus wants me to have life. I know he wants me to have life. And to cognitively understand that he said those words and I believe he said those words, but to not believe it not trust it. To know that he said it, I guess he's capable of it, but to actually trust him. Because if I really trusted that he wanted that for me, then I would make decisions based on like, I know he wants what's best for me. But don't we still sometimes struggle thinking that he doesn't want what's best for me? I know what's best for me. Don't we struggle sometimes with this idea, this concept that God is a God of rules? And he's kind of a buzzkill. And I, I know a little bit. I mean, we're, we're, we're more educated now. I know me. I can handle this. I can still do this and still get. I mean, we do that, don't we? We struggle with it. And it's a lie that we've been told, and it's from the very beginning, that God's holding back on you. And so we got to be honest. Like, maybe we think God's holding back on you. I don't know, but you need to answer that question for yourself. And this isn't just a Christian versus non-Christian. This is every single person needs to ask this because Christians, sometimes we can say it with our words but not live it, not really 
Oh, wait, no, I don't sometimes. Do we really believe that he's out to give us abundant life or not? And, and, and listen, this is just, why did he create rules, right? Why did God even put rules in, in this world if he wants us to have life, right? That just, that's the opposite of life. Well, it's easy to me, I understand, like as a parent, um, but anybody, as a teacher, as a boss, as a, even just as a person, every single person here, you, reckon, you know this is true, that once someone does a certain action, oftentimes it actually restricts your freedom. It destroys, it, it, it limits your potential, your future, not makes it freer. It puts you more in bondage, more at the mercy of others, the decisions that you make today. I mean, think about this. This is just a couple of, you know, illustrations like, you know, smoking. Hey, be, if you're free to smoke, whatever you want to smoke, right? Say you're free to smoke, whatever substance you want to smoke. Go have a conversation with someone who's dying of lung cancer. Think about that. Did it, did it restrict? Did it bring freedom or limit? Or someone who started on something and now they're on a harder substance and now they're, right? Think about that. Like free to have whatever kind of relationships with whoever you want to have relationships with. Go have a conversation with some people who have experienced what comes from maybe like SCDs or teenagers that got pregnant and now guess what? Again, it's not like their life is ruined. It's just were their freedoms limited or did they have more freedom? There are decisions that once Mark Essek, I, me personally, once I do this, I cannot undo. And it doesn't bring me freedom, it limits my freedom. I have fewer choices now. It doesn't ruin the rest of my life necessarily, but it doesn't lead to life. It leads to less freedom. But there's this lie that sometimes I begin to believe that I know better and I can get to freedom, this abundant life on my own. So it comes down again, once again, like trust. Here's the question I want you to ask, and I have a feeling I already know your answer. Is like, what kind of life do you want? Do you want abundant life? Do you believe it's still possible for you to have an abundant life? Those around you to have an abundant life. Do you think you can help others around you? Do you want to help others have an abundant life? Then that's what we're talking about. That's what Jesus says he came to give, and that's what wisdom brings this abundant life. But let me think, think about it like this. If, if you wanted to be a millionaire, right? If you want to be a millionaire one day, then that probably means you need to start learning how to live like one now. And if you go start looking at this and reach, not, not people who are born into the money, but people who earn it, right? You're going to start learning some things about millionaires that you probably didn't know, that they live like very poor people for a very long time often. They didn't go into major debt. They didn't buy brand new cars and have leases and all this stuff. They lived very differently. They had higher standards for themselves for a very long time so that in the future they could experience the freedom that comes with not being in bondage to debt. You see, we, we like this side of the equation. We like this. <laughs> yeah, I want to experience this. But what you might not realize or didn't think about is they created higher standards in their lives that they didn't have to, but they chose to so they could experience the future that they would, they're hoping for. And we all go, well, duh. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, what about with our words and our time and our relationships and our families? How does that not, it's the same thing. Wisdom reminds us that if you want to have this kind of abundant marriage and abundant relationship with your kids and abundant relationship with your friends and abundant freedom and all this kind of life, well then I bet we got to start today and maybe doing something, living a little differently so we can experience that kind of life. 
So here's our big idea. Learn to live it, not lecture it. <laughs> and again, all the kids are like, yeah, mom, take that, dad. No more lecturing. Well, again, I'm just telling you, pause, because this is very much for young people too. All the kids and students in this room, you need to learn to live it, not tell other people how to do it first. But moms and dads, man, we got to learn to live it. And I want to give you some principles on how to do that. We got to learn to live it, not lecture. Here's a word that I think we need to start kind of using or implementing. It's the word standard. Standards. The word itself just means a level or quality, level of quality or attainment. A level of quality or an attainment or attainment. What level of life would you like to have? What level of quality of life would you like to have? And I bet you would say, yeah, I want that abundant thing. Okay, so the million dollars thing, we need to create potentially some standards in our lives so that we can potentially in the future experience the kind of things that come from abundant living. Imagine a standard being like a, like a fence, okay? Every dog park has a fence, right? <laughs> you like dogs? Like, why is there a fence? Well, one, my, the, the owners of the dog and the dog, you can take the leash off, right? Take the leash off and run, baby. Within this fence, have at it. Heart's content. Go wild. Have fun. Is it meant to restrict their freedom or help them or give them freedom? You can say, well, it's to well what's on the other side of the fence? Let's say it's a road. Hey, sure, if you want to let your dog go play in the road, go play. Have fun. Go play in the road because you can what's probably going to happen? You see, it actually gives freedom because within this parameter, man, we can have a blast and there's not the consequences that come with when I do this. But you're like, wait a minute, that's restricting me. No, it actually gives life. Here's a, here's a formula that's going to help us because what we, what we can do, what wisdom says is if you want to learn to live wisdom out in your life so that you can experience more of this abundant living that Jesus wants for you, that wisdom wants for you, then we need to start thinking, creating some standards. And here's a formula to help you practically with that. A biblical command or principle plus sprinkle in wisdom, wisdom. And remember last week we learned those questions, those amazing questions. Uh, what's the wise thing to do? So as we're seeking wisdom, what's the wise thing in light of my past experiences and inclinations, in light of my current situation, and in light of my future hopes and dreams in God's word, that's wisdom, right, equals a standard. So it's this kind of formula. So now that I'm, I'm collecting, step one, pause and admit, and I've got some wisdom, then I can create a standard. What's the difference between a principle and a command, you ask, okay? Think about road signs, really simple. If you're driving down a country road or any road, right, and there's uh, this thing called a speed limit sign, right? It's got this number on it. Is that a command or a principle? <laughs> you act like it's a principle, but is it a command or a principle? It's a command. It's a law. Whether you agree with it or not, whether you like it or not, whether you obey it or not, it is a law. And when the officer pulls you over, you can say all you want. Well, sir, I thought it was more of like, this is more of a 55 road, not a 45, right? You can say whatever you want. He has the right or she has the right to give you a ticket because you broke the law. It was a command. Now, the same road, you go a little farther, you see this curve, right? And you see those little yellow signs, right, with the black curved arrows in them. What does that mean? Sharp curve coming up. And then after that, or even before that sign, you see the signs that say slow down. Is that a command or a principle? Well, there is no law that states you have to slow down. You, you don't have to slow down. You can go full speed if you want to, but you may not be here tomorrow <laughs> to experience what it's a, it's a principle, but it's really wise to listen to it. There is a principle and a command. God's got both. He's got principles and commands. So we've got to learn what they are, 
sprinkle in wisdom, and then we can begin to create some standards in our lives. I think one of those, here's two principles, because sometimes we, we take this little bitty thing, this nugget of truth that we just learned, and then we run with it. So I want to give you some wisdom, especially moms and dads or just adults in the room, but also students and kids, because I'm telling you, you need to learn how to apply this in our own lives. Um, here's two principles. When you want to start creating standards in your life, two principles that are going to give you some wisdom. The first one comes from James chapter 1, verse 22. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. <laughs> We're good at this, man. Like, we love to tell people what to do, but not do it ourselves. And point the finger sometimes at believers, Christians. Let's just be honest. Sometimes we can quote all the scripture. Like, love the Lord your God and love others like him, but we don't do it. But anybody can be like this. Tell your kids what to do, but don't do it yourself. Tell your parents what to do, but don't do it yourselves. So first principle, kind of give us a guardrail as we're starting to create these principles. Well, hey, make sure you're not just telling people what to do. You're also doing it yourselves. You're living it out, right? That's the first principle that gives you a guardrail on this side. But on the other side, you got Proverbs 19 too that says desire without knowledge is not good. Whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. So this is, I had a family when I was in Kentucky, and this is a long time ago. There's this family, kind of new believers. And um, anyways, uh, the kids came one day and they're like super mad at their mom. <laughs> like, anyways, they're mad at their mom, like irate. And uh, the story, anyways, ends up being mom had read an article online. She was reading an article. And when she read this article, then she <laughs> immediately got all of the Harry Potter books in their house, put them in, and burned them, <laughs> torched them, like done. And later the kids are like, I can't believe it. Why did she burn our books? We love this book, blah, 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 blah. I'm not making a point about Harry Potter for or against. Trust me on this. this listen, here's the point. It's that back then there was this brand new website called Babylon B. <laughs> and that's where she read the article. If you don't know what that is, it's a satirical website. It's not fact. It's like it was making fun of all the misinformation that is out about that author and then expanding upon it and make, and she didn't know that, but she was a brand new believer wanting to, oh man, I don't want my kids to get, I, don't, I want to help my kids out. And so she had good intentions, just poor execution. Like, oh, maybe should have paused on that, you know, because of that one article, right? Have you ever like made rules? Like, oh, I should have thought through that one a little bit. Well, yeah, yeah. So have you broken either one of those principles? And you're like, no, nah, no, well, I'm sorry, but I'm here to point myself out and you as well. So like, you ever heard something like this? Don't you yell at your mother. I'm the only one that's allowed to yell in this house. Ooh, yeah. You just broke that principle. Hey, kids, I told you it's coming at you. You love to call mom and dad on everything they do wrong, right? When they mess up, when they said that they were going to do something. And you love to point your friends out, call your teachers out, call everybody out. What if you get called out? Ooh, all of a sudden it's not fair, is it? You make a rule like, hey, no more talking this entire trip. And then your kid pees all over the car. <laughs> I couldn't ask to stop. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think that one through. Like we just do things sometimes. So there's your two kind of guardrails to help you as you start creating standards. Hey, listen, best intentions, hasty, pause. But also don't just be telling people what to do and not doing it yourself. Because we can live, man, we've all experienced both of those. So how do we start creating? And I'll give you just an example in my own personal life. Like Cindy and I, when we were early in marriage, you know, oftentimes she would ask me lots of questions about where I'd been, who I was with, how long I was there, what did we do, what did we talk about, all these kinds of questions. And I started to kind of feel like, do you not trust me? 
Like, why, why are you asking me all these questions? I feel like I'm, I'm getting, like, grilled here. <laughs> like, the light and the cop. Like, did I do something wrong? And she just it would question me a lot. And so, honestly, we would get in arguments. Why don't you trust me? Well, what are you hiding? <laughs> like, why aren't you answering me these questions? Like, where is that going to go? Yeah, more fighting. And then this, this thing smacked me in the face, this, this step, this principle. Like, oh, wait a minute. I want my life, I, mean, I want my wife to experience abundant life. I want that for her. I want her to have 100% trust, 100% abundant life. I want that for her. I did. And I started realizing, oh, wait a minute, I can do something to help with that. So I can create some standards in my own life. Not because I have to, but because I want to. So I created the simple standard. I'm around people all the time. I'm around men, women, old, young. I mean, I'm just around people all the time. And so I was like, you know what? I'll just, I'll never be alone with a woman. Especially in a, you know, I mean, you know, in a closed space of any kind. I just won't be alone with a woman. And you're like, that's, you don't, Mark, there's nothing wrong with being alone in a space with a woman. I'm not saying there is or there isn't. What I am saying is that, you know what, for me, that's a standard I'm totally 100% happy for because you know what? That gives my wife, holy cow, amazing freedom to know she's never going to get that phone call from me. Hey, babe, I need to tell you something. I want her to be free. So is my freedom that I want to do something at the expense of her freedom? My kids, like, you know, hey, listen, here, here's the deal, kids. I, I am not perfect. I'm a dummy. I do all kinds of, but I, here's, I'm not going to yell at you. I won't yell at you. And I won't punish you out of anger. It's just a standard. Are you saying that you can't, yeah, you can say that. You can do that. Does that mean, come on, read into it. That meant I probably yelled at my kids and at some point <laughs> to tell myself I need to create standard. And I probably disciplined out of anger. I made a dumb rule just because I was mad to make my life happier, easier. So I started making, like, we started making for our family. Like, okay, you know what? Every night of the week, I will not be out. We will have at least two or three nights together so that we could have family time. Standards of my own personal. Like, you know what? I've always spent time with God's word, but now, no, it's a standard. I will spend every, I will spend time with God every day, at least five days a week. I don't know, I just, standards. These little things. And it's like this beautiful fence around the abundant life that I, you, you can experience. And again, you look at it and say, well, you don't, those are rules. That you, well, I guess you can look at it as a rule, but also it's a place in which that I can go at it, man. Within this, I got nothing to worry about. I got no guilt within this. I've got nothing to explain within this. My wife and my kids, you know what they begin to experience? My wife felt freer than ever. I felt freer than ever. I didn't feel like I'm a, on a chain. I felt free. My wife felt free. My kids began to see it in our lives, not just hear it from us. We experienced an abundant life that wisdom brought into our lives. Not me. I'm a dummy like anybody else. But we began to allow wisdom to come in, and it brought with it better life. What kind of life do you want? The big idea is simple. You got to learn to live it, not lecture it. Again, I told you, it's not about parents and kids. It's every single one of us because we all love to make rules. 
We like to make rules in our workplaces, with our friendships, with our parents, with our everywhere. We just like to say things and say, oh, that's going to take care of it. But that's not wise all the time. The first thing is, do I even know how to live out wisdom in, all, in my life? Do I really want it? Am I willing to live out wisdom in my life? Here's what I want to do. I want to give you a few areas where I think everybody probably needs to have or think about having standards in, in these areas in your life, and then give you some very simple, practical, how you can use this formula so that you can this week begin doing this on your own. Again, your choice is, are you going to implement it or not? I can't force you. All I can do is give you some great stuff that it's, it's wise stuff, and then you can choose what you're going to do with it. Physical relationships. We should come up with standards within our physical relationships, okay? So so that formula, biblical principle or command plus wisdom equals standard. So one biblical command that you can look in Hebrews 13, 4 says marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. So sex outside of a marriage, immoral. So sprinkle in some wisdom. That's a command, not a principle. So sprinkle in wisdom, like maybe you have past relationships that you have to deal with, sprinkle in, you know that you get connected relationally, emotionally, very quickly. You know maybe that when you're around a group of people, like there's 10 of you, it's probably less. You don't really, you know, it's less likely to fall into temptation. Or maybe when you're around a guy or a girl that have the same values as you, it's easier. But when you have someone that may have different thoughts, different values, it makes it more difficult because maybe they pressure you. So sprinkle in some wisdom and what are some standards that you could create? So maybe as a single person, you say, I will not be alone. Maybe I'll, we'll go out together as a group. Simple standard maybe. Maybe that's wise for you. Um, regardless if you're single or not, maybe you say that I won't date, especially single, I won't date someone who's not a believer, a Christian, holds the same values. On the front end, rather than waiting two months in to find out, and now you're emotionally invested and connected, right? You just make a standard right there. Regardless of your marital situation, you could say, I won't go to clubs and bars where people will pressure me or things will happen that maybe will elicit temptation. Um, I won't scan the internet when I'm alone and restless. Find something else to do. I will remove programs or devices or apps that, I will cont- that I c- I've continually given into. Um, I'll have someone ask me every week, have you watched or listened to anything you know you shouldn't have? Like these are simple things that you could put into your life and you say, I don't want to because that's fine. You can play in the road as much as you would like to, but also understand what comes with that. There are consequences to decisions that we make. What about friendships? Biblical principle, 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Listen, I don't know what you've heard or come to believe. It's just a true statement. Who you choose to spend the majority of your time with will in a large part determine the course and outcome of your life. Doesn't mean you can't hang out with people. It just means that you have to understand this, wrestle with it. People influence you. So be wise about who and what you do with those people. Wisdom, then sprinkle in some wisdom. You know that you're probably going to make friends with where you work, play, or live, or go to school, team, sports. You'll probably find friends from there. You're probably going to want to do things that your friends like to do, right? So what kinds of things do they like? So sprinkle some wisdom in there. Maybe you're lonely. Maybe you feel like you don't have any friends and you know that you really want friends. Whatever your current situation, your future is, you sprinkle in some wisdom. And then maybe some standards like this. Maybe you're just going to make sure that you're going to always have people around you in your friend circle, close friend circle, that are a little further along in their Christian faith than you. You're still going to hang out with all kinds of people, but also make sure 
You're being intentional about putting people in your life that, that do hold to a higher standard so that you know you're not all on your own over there. Maybe communicate to all your friends that you are a Christian and what your values are instead of just assuming they know or being embarrassed by it. Maybe a standard as simple as this, I will not sin to keep or get friends. What about drugs and drinking? Biblical command, do not get drunk. This is Ephesians 5.18. Do not get drunk on wine. You probably add whiskey, beer, weed, whatever, intoxicants that can uh, take away your uh, control, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. That's a command. Not that you can't partake, but don't go too far, right? That's a command. So sprinkle in some wisdom. You know your past proclivities towards whatever drug or substance of choice. Or when you're around certain people, whatever, right? You know these things. You also know wisdom. It's like when I lose control, like bad things happen around the people around me. So what are some standards that you could create? Maybe you'll not sit around in a bar for entertainment all day. Like maybe that's not the place you go for entertainment. Maybe find some other places if that's a struggle for you. I will only have a certain amount of alcohol in the house. I will not drink alone. I will find someone to ask me every week, have you been drunk or given in to whatever substance you tend to give in to? You talk about money, like the biblical principles of being a wise manager of God's resources that he's given you. Don't give in to excessive debt and gambling and theft and all these ways to get more stuff but puts you in a bad situation those around you. So you can enjoy the freedom that comes with not being enslaved, right? And again, like right now, you may be thinking like, dude, this is too much. This is prudish. You're joking me. Making all these, I, I don't care. I can be honest with you. Like, it's a choice. What kind of life do you want? What kind of life do you want for your family? What kind of life do you want for your friends? Because I'm not a good friend if I lead my friends to destruction. And my friends are not good friends if they lead me to destruction. And I don't want to lead them to destruction. But if I'm not careful, I am because today I'm making decisions that affect tomorrow. And we just know that. So wisdom sets us up for what's next. Wisdom sets us up for a better life. The choice is, do you want it? Are you willing to live out wisdom? What I can tell you from my own, I know that I think our future selves sometimes will look back at our current selves and say, trust me, it's not too much please. Or they look back and say, thank you so much for making those decisions now because they're experiencing that abundant life that comes with wisdom that Jesus wants for you. I, my own personal life, listen, I, we still have our moments, but they're a lot less than they used to be. Cindy and I are in a lot better place than we've ever, and it's not because we're different or we, it's, it's wisdom. It works. It works. Do my kids always? No, they make mistakes. But goal as a parent is no longer that I show them how to live out by making every rule for them as they get older. It's to prepare them so that they can make wise decisions on their own. They know how to create godly standards in their own life. That's the goal. Wisdom sets us up for the future, not just for answers, a solution, a problem today. And sometimes we make decisions that make our lives easier, but they're not helping those around us. What kind of life do you want? Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna, there's gonna be, a, we're gonna sing a song and then there's gonna be some music being played. And like, this is a time for you to respond, whether you're at home, online, or here in person, to re- respond. What, what do you wanna do with what you've learned or what you've heard today? Do you think that God's out to get you? Or do you think he's got something for you? Who are you gonna trust? 
Are you going to go after? Are you willing to go after wisdom and implement it in your life? If for the first time you want to talk to someone about saying yes to Jesus or just who Jesus is, maybe like I want to know what it means to forgive, to ask Jesus to come to my life as my Lord and Savior, like text us, email us your name. The information will be on the screen. Or if you're here in person, you can come up to the front. Some of our friends will be here. You can have a conversation with them or go to the point in the lobby after the service. Like we want to help you take that next step so that you can, what, what is that next step? Anyways, we want to pray for you if you need prayer. If you're a believer in the room, another way to connect with God or draw near to him is through communion, right? This is, God created an amazing standard for his love and he demonstrated it for us on the cross. And so each week we take communion. When you came in, you got those little cups. You can open up both flaps. Pro tip is to open up the bread first, right? So open up the bread, then the juice. And then here in a few moments, this is a moment to remember what he did and then once again leave committed to live like him to the world around us. Do you want to experience abundant life? Do you still believe God wants that for you? Or would you be willing to start believing what if he does? Then this week, start implementing some standards, implementing wisdom in your life. I guarantee you, you're going to be a beneficiary if you do and those around you. Let's pray. And during this prayer, I encourage you to pray along with me, man, because God's listening. Hey, God, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for demonstrating what your love looks like through Jesus Christ, ultimately. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the guidance that you've given us. Thank you for being who you are and calling us to a, man, you want something better for us. God, we, we confess or commit or, or, or repent or we just, we admit that, man, we, we make bad decisions sometimes. We do things that are just rebellious or stubborn. And so, God, I'm, I'm bringing them to you, and I pray that we are bringing them to you, but also I'm praying that there's some people here listening today that maybe for the first time will say, God, I want to begin to trust you and stop trusting all the other things that I've trusted. I'm going to trust you. And there's some people watching or listening to this and like, you know, I, I've said yes to you a long time ago, but if I'm honest, I know that I haven't been trusting you in all these little things in my life. And I pray that we begin to live wisdom out in our lives, experience the life that comes with it. It'll change things, man. So it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.